Okay, guys, we're back. I'm here with Oliver. Uh, my name is John. Um, I'm excited to be back. We're on Genesis 8. The flood, Noah and his family. Um, so as we know of Genesis 7, the flood came. Noah and his family were on the ark for a long, long time. So um, let's let's read and see if eventually they are able to get out of the ark. So let me uh, start us off with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time, and we just thank you for your word. We pray that uh, we learn more about you and just uh, Noah's journey and his family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I'm i not going to lie. I was While you were praying, I was like looking up at the camera above me like a deer in the headlights. So anyways, it's going to look weird. I didn't mean it to be rude or nothing. I'm just saying, like, that's what happened. Oh, you want me to do it again? <laughs> no, man. No, no. We'll keep it. We'll keep it. It is what it is. <laughs> it's like, it, it's it's simple. Two guys in a Bible. Yeah. Like, it, this is real simple. We'll keep it yeah. that way. We'll keep it that way. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, what I'm just curious. So the waters recede. What is the name? Like so, that's the name of this. What do you call this? This paragraph? Like in the like, how would you? I know what verses are, but like, yeah, I'm reading. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, because like each paragraph has its own like name on top of it in the Bible, and I'm just curious what that is. Correct, and that's it. All depends on the translation. I know that you're reading the King James version, so your King yeah. James version does. Um. The way I'm following, I'm following from the New King James, James version, and there is not. So with yours, with each, with each, uh, it seems like each chapter or each small story, it it basically gives you a title. Okay. Um, mine doesn't. Mine does not do that. Okay. Well, I kind of like it actually when it breaks yeah. up like that. Yeah, That's I like it too. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, so we are on chapter 8. The waters recede. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped. And the rain from heaven was restrained and the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. I'm just curious from reading that. Yeah. that so remember. That. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, remember in, in chapter seven, it talked about 40 days and 40 nights. All it did was rain and rain and rain. And then water from from you know underneath underneath the the earth was what water was coming out. So after that, then the Lord sent sent a wind to stop all that, which was great. Okay, uh, you know at the beginning of this, it says something, and it it kind of it's like a two part. But um, there's this there's this thing right at the very beginning. And it's like, it just gets me thinking like, and God remembered Noah and every living thing. So does God forget us? Like, no. 
Does that, no. what does that mean? If I don't pray, God forgets me? Is that what they're saying? Like, like, I don't know. Like how, is that how you stay closer to God is to pray and, and he'll forget me if I don't pray? I know when you read that part, that's, that's your first thought. God does not forget anybody. He knows mm -hmm. every single person. It even says in scripture, he knows how many hairs you have just in your head. Right. But so he's so detailed. You know, he knows everything about you. I think it was just basically like, hey, I don't know. That's a good question. But I know that he did not forgive, forget them at all. Yeah. It was more of a, um, I would say it was more of a delight. He had more of a delight. Yeah. Okay. Over them. For them. Okay. And then I had I have some more questions about this chapter, yeah. this paragraph. It's not a chapter, it's a paragraph. So the flood waters, they've receding. Um, and I, I always kind of I'm picturing it in my mind like it's um it's like we've gotten through a hard time and now there is like this sense of relief and like a new beginning. Is that what they're trying to say in this? Do you feel like maybe they're trying to say something like that in this paragraph? Like there's like a sense of the, the, the floodwaters is receding, you know, there, there is, there's gotta be this sense while they're in this boat, you know, like it's, you know, we're going to be able to start anew. We're going to be able to, 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 to start again and to get out of here. Do you think that's kind of what they were meaning by this? I think that's a good, good analogy on your end, you know, just thinking that, um, of course, of course it would like to me, it would be a new beginning, uh, because everything was destroyed. My point of view: everything was destroyed, but the eight yeah. people. And we discussed that in right. chapter seven. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, to me, it would be a, an excitement because yeah, it's a new, new beginning. Right. Um, so it's a new start. So. Yeah. And, and that would be the beginning because they're on this arc for a long, long period of time. Um, and they were probably thinking, how much longer? When can we get off of this? I'm just curious on your end, as a believer in Christ, like how do you stay patient and faithful when, when maybe there's no light that you can foresee at the end of the tunnel? You know, and there may not be like you can't see the you just can't see it. Yeah, that's a good question. Of course, there's there's definitely challenges. I mean, this time for Noah and his family, it was definitely a dark time. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody around them were um, perished. Yeah. Right. So, in regards to my life, is There's recommendations that I recommend people is to have specific scriptures memorized. Okay. You know, and and some of the things is that for me is it says trust the Lord with all your heart and lean on in your own understanding. So mm -hmm. even though it could be a dark time, I know God's God's involved. God's going to take care of me. God's going to surround me with his uh, with his wings. You know, um, he's going to be there for me. So how do I trust? Um, how do I trust the Lord? How do I grow in uh, me trusting in him? So there's definitely a, a growth period for that. Are there times that I get really discouraged because sometimes I feel like there's no hope? Absolutely. That's just part of, uh, that's just part of life. 
Um, but then that's when I have to get back in the word of God and renew my mind and get back to truth. Um, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So Lord, I'm exhausted. Um, just the season that I'm in is just really, really affecting me. I don't have anybody there to encourage me. Lord, I just pray that you give me your strength. Give me your your godly wisdom. Help me. So a lot of it could also be like crying out to the Lord. Like, I know that you're there. Sometimes I might not feel that you're there. Um, but just, just get close to me. Hold me. So. Okay. That's fair. That's, that's fair. You yeah. can take a lot from that. That's a good answer. I like your answer. Uh, I can yeah. appreciate that. Do you think that Noah he knew how how it was gonna go like how it was gonna end like do you think he was worried at any time on the boat or before the boat like do you think he or do you think his faith was just so strong that he's like we're gonna build a boat for the next 120 years we're gonna get on this boat we're gonna make it through this like flood obviously something's coming involving water so like do you think he he knew the whole time it was gonna end the way it ended with the the ark there um do you think he saw that coming or do you think he just pure faith just willy-nilly just gonna let it you know wherever god takes me yeah i think it's definitely pure faith that there was like a a wall yeah. of individuals names on there and it was like the wall of faith he would definitely be on it. Also, Abraham would be on that as as well, and many okay. other um, individuals in in the Bible. Did he could? <clears throat> I would say he didn't know like A, B, C, D, and E. You know, yeah. he just said, "Okay, Lord, I'm going to build this ark. Um, I'm just going to I'm just going to trust you." He didn't see it like God saw it. Um, and then when it happened, he was probably like, oh, wow, I I'm glad that I prepared for this. You know, I'm glad that I was obedient. So his faith was really, uh, really strong, very, very strong. And, um, yeah, yeah. I wish I, I want to have that kind of faith someday in something anything <laughs> you know? yeah and that's super nat i mean that is supernatural he went from hey let's build this ark for you know yeah. 70 to 120 years to every people mocking him people laughing at him ridiculing him right and uh and for him to say i'm gonna stand firm in the foundation his foundation was was uh was god okay. you know that was his foundation. So it's really interesting is, is just life in general, there's going to be people that mock you, laugh at you. Um, but that's why it's so important to be in the word of God, because that's our foundation, you know? So, and that's, uh, and that's why I encourage people like, Hey, even if it's five minutes a day, just spend time in the word of God, you know, you're going to learn so much about it and you're going to know who you are in christ and see with noah he knew who he was because of because of god so his foundation was really uh um yeah a very strong foundation yeah okay yeah um this is kind of uh i got i have another one just you know going through it and like 
do you think like like was do you think god looked at adam and eve as a bit of a i wouldn't i don't want to call it a failure but i want to call it a learning experience yeah. right like do you think he it was a learning experience even for god because like i mean because like I, I feel like he's like he tried to give us this perfect place right they kind of botched it up you know we can go on back and forth all the time on how it happened and whose fault it was in the end i guess they made the choices um and then you know uh they leave they, they get kicked out of eden and then now we get all the way and now it's like quite a ways later and now it's like everything's evil and bad so he's like wiping the slate clean and then we're starting with noah's ark with noah and his family and i believe followers of, of god and noah um like do, do you think uh i don't know do you do you think he felt like a little bit of failure there or do you think like he was like proud like it's learning curves it's um he's letting us figure our way out it i don't think humans do anything easy i think we always take the hard way <laughs> I think. yeah for sure i think uh one i i believe god is perfect okay god is also all-knowing um did god make a mistake by making adam and eve absolutely not he didn't he, god never makes mistakes he's 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 perfect in every every way um when when they fell, here's what's really interesting. You actually see God's love and compassion for Adam and Eve because in the book, I think it's either one or two, um, God showed up to them. And then, of course, Adam and Eve blamed each other like, hey, yeah, God for, hey, you created this woman. And then Eve blamed, you know, the the Satan himself. And so, and they didn't take responsibility. At the same time, you saw how God had so much love and compassion for them by actually making them close. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, there were, um, the earth was cursed. You know, um, there's a lot of things that, that did go wrong with the earth as as we know of today because of weeds and other things and just sin itself at the same god at the same time god is so merciful and we're his we're you know we're his children so he's going to uh he's going to be a good parent um is there going to be consequences for sin absolutely at the same time he's still going to love us and give us compassion okay and talk so, us through it just like a parent you know just like a good parent would a um uh, a good parent right it's just like riding a bike you know may, maybe this is a bad analogy but it's like riding a bike you're with you're with your child um your kid falls you help them get back up they fall again you help them get back up and that's that's god that's god the father you know we fall we make mistakes He's there. He's uh, he wants us to get back up, and then he also wants us to humble ourselves and ask asking for forgiveness. So, okay. I was looking up, like trying to figure out calendars and time and stuff. Yeah. I I found something. Um, so I believe it was Julius Caesar. Just off of some quick research, nothing too crazy. 
and it was like G Julius Caesar invented the, the well what we are using is a modification of Julius Caesar's calendar all right okay but, yep but I'm curious what calendar like what how did they um count the days months years in Noah's time I'm just curious you know like because yeah. It, they, like I don't know like I see days and they say days but were they the same days as my day you know was there 24 hours in their day or was it just 12 right um I don't know I don't know yeah. uh, I'm just curious did did they do they ever talk about the what a, a day or a month or a year is like two exacts with the I guess Old Testament uh yeah all all I know in regards to days is during the creation where it says, hey, there was night and day. Okay, now there's a new day. So I, my, my guess would be 24 hours. Okay. Um, but truthfully, I don't really know. At the same time, if you would actually look at the Jewish calendar, mm -hmm. it's completely different than the calendar that we use today as well. There's, okay. there's some... From my understanding, there's some big differences to the Jewish calendar than the calendar that we currently use. So that would be, uh, if you want to look more into into that, I would highly recommend it. I think you'd be very, yeah, you'd get excited about it. I think so. Yeah. Okay, that was cool. I was just, just kind of like, you know, I was reading through it and I had some questions, and I have so many questions that I had to write them down. Yeah. So. Anyways, no, right. and that's a good question because I mean, creation took six days, but is it six days that we view it as? Mm -hmm. Time is different, you know, time is different, um, up in the heavens than time here. So, um, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, a, um, like a fruit fly, a fruit fly's life is something like 24 hours, that's it, but that's like a lifespan for them. I know, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah but anyways yeah all yeah. right so the next one is uh the arc oh did was there anything you wanted to touch on on the water recedes no i just thought no i i i know noah was Noah and his family are probably like in the ark just cheering like yeah. thank you thank you yeah um, yeah i would bet yeah or maybe that you get that one strange one that likes it you know, like they don't like their hermity. They they don't want to go out and experience life. Yeah, <laughs> it reminds me. It reminds me a little bit of of like uh, Seattle, Washington. You know, it rains there all the time. Always okay. rains there, and some people like it. And some people are like, yeah, this is definitely not for me. So yeah, the ark rests on Ararat, and the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat and the waters decreased continually until the 10th month in the 10th month on the first day of the month where the tops of the mountains seen all right so I did some more uh looking and uh Ararat that's in Turkey yep and okay so that's where they found like remember when we were talking in the last one so that's where they they looked was error at when they found this uh pieces of a boat a, a boat correct yeah and what was really interesting is when they found it when they saw it it really matched up to 
a lot of the biblical narrative on how the ark was built. Okay. Okay. And so, did, all right. That's interesting. And I was looking at like um on my Bible, I have a study Bible, but um it has like a little mini map and like Ararat to Jerusalem is quite a distance. Um at least on my my mini map, right? Is what I saw. I'm just curious. Do you, do you think that um Joseph and his family tried to go back to Jerusalem? Well, they must have, right? Because they had to repopulate. So some people in his family must have gone back to Jerusalem. Or is that not where where they would have been going from? Who? Joseph. Oh, sorry, not Joseph. Noah. Noah. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I, I see that uh, that mountain is north of Jerusalem, and I don't know how many miles um, it is. But, yeah, I it wouldn't surprise me if they started going south to yeah. go back to uh, Jerusalem. And I suppose, like, they would have had supplies because they could have used the boat. They could have tore the boat apart, you know, taking what they needed. Yeah. Um, but um, you know what is curious to me? Why, why is Turkey not so sig is it it's not really that significant you would think that turkey with noah's ark uh yeah noah's ark would be more uh significant right like you would think like that would be a more significant everybody talks about jerusalem and everything like that right but like you would think that turkey would be i mean just as high up there for like a significant place um you know in in the bible the yeah, it'll, it'll, I think it would be more like a historical monument thing um, right. for that. The reason why Israel and Jerusalem are talked so much as believers is because it mentions it so much ab about it in the Word of God. So, um, but, but like if I would look at it, I would be like technically from a from a, a spiritual point of view, I would be like, oh, like holy smokes, like Turkey is technically the beginning of man because right everybody was killed off apparently so turkey from a spiritual point of view i'm thinking like turkey should be way more significant because that would technically be, be be from a spiritual point of view would it not mean like that's where man came from is that could you not find a significance with that somewhere along the line like like i mean it, the yeah, I mean, the, the beginning of man, which would be the second phase, because the first beginning of man would, would be Adam. Right. Um, and so, unfortunately, I don't really know where the Garden of Eden was. I mean, I think eventually we can try to find it on the map because it gives yeah. you all these different rivers. Um, but, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I know in regards to this mountain, um, it would not be a nice area to, to, to live. live. <laughs> John, I don't I honestly I don't know if there was any really amazing areas to live at that time apart from Eden and they got kicked out of there so yeah I mean it was the the highest the highest um the tallest area of this mountain is like three three miles and so I don't know that that's a good uh yeah, I I do I do hear what you're saying. It's like, hey, why is this not a bigger deal than than yeah. it uh, than it is? Like, are people um, making pilgrimages to Turkey, you know, to 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 go to Mount Ararat? 
or whatever to you yeah. know is there a, a christian temple there obviously we've had wars and lots of stuff that goes on and maybe i don't know enough about geopolitics um i'm just it was just uh just curious is all and again i would love comments i love my comments if i can get any i love them i'll take them a raven and a dove sent forth and it came to pass at the end of 40 days that noah opened the window of the ark which he had made and he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth from of the earth also, he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from of off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. And she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet other seven days. And again, he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening. And lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet other seven days and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. And it came yeah. to pass. In so, the oh, go ahead. Okay, so so here's what's interesting is first we, we hear about Noah opens up a window. And so I was like, what was interesting is when God was giving uh, the specs to Noah and how to build the ark. In Genesis 6, uh, verse 16, it actually tells Noah, build, um, build a window. Right. And so, yeah, and so I thought that was, you shall make a window for the ark. And you shall finish it to a cubit from above. So the Lord was saying, here's exactly where you're going to, you're going to build that window. And then what's interesting is the first bird he sends off is a raven. Yeah. The raven, never, the raven never comes back. Safe to say the raven didn't make it or was just no. smarter and found land first. <laughs> Here's what's interesting. When I when I started uh, doing a little bit more research, ravens are scavengers. Oh, he was getting a good feed on, right, in the waters and stuff, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's what came to mind. Uh, and I'm thinking... Oh my word. So then I so then I I you know when I lie, I'm like, what do doves eat? And they eat more like seeds and grain. Yeah. So so the dove is just waiting, is like, hey, there isn't any food here. So I'm gonna return, you know. Yeah. Uh yeah. this guy Noah has food for me. So yeah. that was kind of fascinating. And I don't know why, um why the Noah's first instinct was to send out a raven, but yeah, yeah, that is. There's I probably just a reason. Funny. Yeah, probably a reason. Yep. Um, and it came to pass in the six hundredth and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark. 
and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the seven and twentieth day of the month, was the earth dried. So you kind of did touch on it. I felt like sort of in a sense, but there seems like there's um, a lot of symbolism and imagery in this particular paragraph. So like apart from finding land, right? What does the dove and the raven represent in the Bible? Do, do they ever talk about the representation of them in the Bible? Like what they represented? Like Yeah, know... eventually when Jesus was baptized in the in the New Testament, uh, okay. if you read the gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, yeah. Um, when Jesus was was baptized and he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came and it looked like a dove. Okay. So sometimes the Holy Spirit um, can represent, you know, a dove. Okay. Um, but in regards to this, I think this had to do with more um, using God's creation to just be like, hey, you got to let me know if there's if there's any hope out there. And that, okay, that worked. Yeah. What about the raven? The raven was just to test his patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what was the point of a raven? Is there any biblical point of a raven, or is it just like, like I don't know? Like, I, yeah, I, just the bird. And then what was interesting? The more I I read on it, because I actually went to the Blue Letter Bible and David Guzik explained here. Uh, yeah, it says ravens are scavengers and more than likely it found a few carcasses to land on and eat. So it doesn't so, give you, yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah, There was nothing there. Um, so wrong bird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. He sent it out. Maybe. Does it say how long he waited? And then, <laughs> then he decided. <laughs> and maybe here's what's funny. He sent out sent out the raven sitting there. He's talking to his wife. And then his wife was like, Are, did you really do that? You need to yeah. stop the dove. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, knock it off. Everybody's just giving me a hard time. For yep. Yeah. Know. He's getting grumpy. So, all right. So I'm curious now. Um, do you think Christians are waiting from, like, they're waiting for a sign from God, kind of like Noah, like Noah's Ark. And what do you think the sign would be as a Christian? Like, do you, do you think there? Yeah, there's going to be a lot, a lot of signs before he comes. Do we know when he's going to come? No. It says only the Father knows. So if you read Matthew 24 and 25, Jesus actually gives a description of here's what to look for before I come. There's going to be more earthquakes, more wars, more famine. Um, and then when you start reading in the book of uh, the the book of Revelation, it actually shows you certain things what's what's going to happen. Um, the the Jewish temple eventually will be rebuilt. Um, so that would be in uh, that would be in Israel. So. Um, and then it also says that eventually there's going to be um, someone called the Antichrist that is here, brings peace, and uh, basically tells everybody that he's God. 
So, so there's a lot of things that do need to happen before Christ Christ does come back. But if um, this, I'm just curious if this uh, Antichrist person comes and brings peace. Mm -hmm. Why would why would you want anything else? Like, I mean, if he's already giving us peace, why if Jesus comes or God or whoever comes, like, why would I? If he's giving us peace and he's he's and and we're all happy, then why rock the boat? No pun intended. I know we're doing Noah's Ark. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, why wouldn't we stay with the Antichrist if he's bringing peace? And, and because it's things? not real peace. Okay. Can you explain that though? Give me a <clears throat> example. Yeah, I could. Um, let me think here. Um, because as it is, the Antichrist is sounding pretty good. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, he's horrible. He's, but, he's the, yeah. But just saying, like, I just heard he's going to create peace, right? So if you were a worldly person. Peace. Well, yeah. So I'm trying to understand what this means. Hey, question. So the Antichrist is going to be, is going to bring peace for three and a half years. Yes. Whoa. It's like a false peace. Yes. Yeah. How do you explain a false peace? His actions will be completely false because at the middle of the seven years, so he signs a covenant for seven years, the peace treaty, and then everything's going to look fine. He's going to sound good. Everyone's going to be like, this man's great. But because we know what the scripture says, we know he's false. And then he takes off his mask three and a half years in. He says that he is God. He makes people worship him. He's going to make people get the mark of the beast. There's going to be an image of him that gets made. And if you don't worship it, you're going to get killed. And so all that's going to be behind the scenes, like Oliver was saying, those are some of the things that are going to be happening behind the scenes. And then he takes off his mask halfway through, and then we're going to know who he really is. And so us Christians are going to be telling people, this isn't right. The scriptures say that there's going to be someone who rises up and he's going to be false. And this is, this is him. And, and he's, he's, he's the antichrist. Cause there's also going to be a false prophet right along. Okay. Yes. Yep. Okay. okay. Thank you. Is that good? Enough? Yes, that's good. That's, Thank you. That Love gave, you. That, kind of, that helped me a lot. Yeah, so he, so, ba so, yes, so basically he signs a peace treaty with Israel. So it tells you that there's going to be, like, there's wars right now with Israel, as as, as we can see. But yeah. this is going to be, like, crazy extreme. So then this individual, who will be the Antichrist, signs a peace treaty with Israel, and he brings false peace. And the, and the peace treaty is for seven years. After three and a half years, he breaks it. Okay. And that's, and that's where, where, yeah, and that's where he makes, um, he says he's God. That's where he basically makes a statue for people to worship. That's where he'll tell people, if you don't take the mark of the beast, the 666, then you will be, uh, you will be killed. Well, he won't, he won't tell us, take the mark of the beast. He'll be like, take this mark. To show your support, to show your whatever. He doesn't need to say, this is the mark of the beast. You must take it. He's probably going to sell it. I'm just thinking from uh, somebody who's trying to manipulate a people. I'm going to make a bunch of promises. I'm not going to keep, I'm going to keep just enough to, to get me to my position of power and to get the people to maybe eventually kind of almost worship me kind of thing. 
and then they're going to take i'm going to push them to take the mark of the mark of whatever and i've heard people talk about the mark of the beast could be chips it could be whatever right put inside of you whatever but it'll be pushed as something else and then they got you sort of thing um i don't know that's how i kind of would interpret it myself i was just i just thought it was an interesting thing to talk about and ask and yeah um, yeah and i'm glad that we were able to uh you know make our own express our own opinions and, and share whatever we can figure out between us i kind of think it's cool uh, not the whole like market no for sure so yeah if people want to really learn more about it uh first thessalonians 5 3 says so when they shall say peace and safety then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child and they shall not escape so they're going to be saying peace and safety and then hell is going to break loose sudden destruction is exactly what oliver was saying yep. so oliver was right and here's a bible verse to back it up okay interesting all right i'm glad we could get this sorted out i'm glad i really am um, so uh, this is a little bit of a softer question here but I'm, Woo, I'm thank so, goodness no yeah. <laughs> i i do have some i'm curious about stuff right because it's like yeah i'm, I'm curious like so this dove goes and finds uh a leaf an olive leaf yeah and uh it, you know how like like how much time like it takes a little while for an olive tree to grow i'm assuming like how much time like it just doesn't seem feasible to me like a tree could have after a flood grown so quick and then then all of then the, the bird can fly off and find this tree you know miraculously like it's it, it would take a long time for it to to grow to the size to start sprouting all of trees or all of uh, leaves wouldn't it yeah but i don't think i think that tree was probably still there i mean it maybe it survived survived i mean how much veg vegetation survived during this and if trees had good uh um good roots i could well, see it and it doesn't say that the tree was alive he just took a, a branch okay. from it. so maybe it was a, a leaf just on the ground now yeah okay yeah okay all right that's fair yeah all i can tell you is this must have been a really trying time for noah like the patience on him must have just been Here, beyond. Here's what's interesting. Let me share this. It says, uh, in regards to Genesis 7, 11 through 13, uh, I got this from David Guzik. Yeah. It says that Noah entered the ark on the 17th month of the second month of the 600th year of his life. It and then he writes, it seems Noah and his family were in the ark for a full year. That's a long time yeah a long time and we don't like and again we still don't know what is a year to them what is a day to them like i we we don't really know right so it's interesting you know um and it's funny because we were talking on the last one we were talking about like i was like oh the ark probably didn't go very far right from where they were and i'm like it actually went quite a ways i mean mount ararat is like quite a long distance like it must have moved around a bit in the yeah. uh, flood so and you uh, got to think about the waves i yeah. mean if water's coming from underneath and water's coming here oh. if it's crazy windy i mean just think they're probably in the middle of the 
the ocean that was created by the flood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Yes. Yeah. And it's and it's they don't have anything to uh steer this yeah. this big thing of uh of wood to move yeah. it around. Hey, I want to go this direction. And um their whole trip from from just reading this, they were blind, meaning they couldn't see outside. Everything yeah. was enclosed. He didn't open up the window until the end. Wow. So yeah, so they're just sitting in this probably dark area with some lamps, with some fire, and trying to keep the fire under control so they don't burn the thing down. Wow. So yeah, that would have been very, very difficult yeah. time for them, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that I have not had the experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So I'm thinking too, um, I was reading, so I was reading my study Bible and there was a part in my study Bible and I believe I have the same one as you. And it, uh, it says in the study Bible, uh, it said, uh, we, we should be destroyed if we sin. And I'm like, that's what literally it's one of the things that said in the study Bible, we should be destroyed if we sin. I probably left a little bit out, but that was basically the, that's basically what it said. But I'm like sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, but destroying a civilization is a sin. Like that's a sin in of itself. Like uh, the same thing. Like I just, I feel like, so the, it just seems a little bit like a, a bit, a little, I, again, and I've said this, I think a couple episodes ago or I feel like there's a lot of it feels to me like hypocritical stuff going on here it's like you're saying like I get it these are sinners but you're not supposed to kill people right like that's a sin in itself and they're literally destroying an entire population or a civilization of people and so you know and like how I just I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around. I know that you're saying like you said in the last one there, these are evil. These this is the worst time. These are the most evil people. And and I guess maybe I just haven't. I I've experienced some, you know, bad. And I have seen people. I don't think I've ever. I don't feel like I have completely met, or maybe I have met them, but uh, experienced what pure evil is so i guess i'm really low on the totem pole when it comes to my opinion i feel like and but i do and i understand too i uh i've made comments you know for certain things you know about certain kind of vile actions or people that are in the world and i've said they should you know even myself i have said i think we need to get rid of them be done with them like no jail get rid of this person They're, they've done this horrible horrible act so like but i've never actually experienced i don't feel evil I've, I've experienced bad things but never evil to the point that the entire civilization civilization needs to be destroyed but yeah and that was god's that was god's decision it wasn't noah going out there and, and taking no. care of each each individual person and it's and and it's not saying hey it's okay to go and and kill human life which it's which is definitely not it was it was uh it was a god's de decision and um 
in scripture says your ways are higher than my ways so god did it for for a specific reason and for god to do that um it must have been just the worst of the worst of the worst kind of just kind of individuals and even um angels were having relations with uh with women and then they were having giants there was so much violence so much hatred just so much like sin um there was no fixing it is what you're saying i think it would have uh like not even god could snap his fingers and no because of free will i mean these are individuals that made a decision so they would have destroyed the entire earth there, there. More than likely, there would have been. Eventually, there probably would have been no, no Noah and his family, yeah. and there probably would have never been a um, righteous person, a person that actually wants to live their life out to uh, to worship God, the Is the he- creator of this earth, because they would have destroyed everything. They would have destroyed everybody. I'm just curious, though. Does he not make allowances for? Like, if you're a kid and you're brought up as from childhood and these things are your norm, right? You don't know any better, right? So, like, my evil, your evil, whoever wrote this evil, like, but maybe, like, that is their norm and and he is destroying them. God is destroying them. Like, but this person who was, you know, brought up their entire life this way, they don't know any different. They just know what they've been, uh, you know, taught from basically childhood. And and they're, I, I just feel like there had, like, was there not a, like, could there have been a better way? You know, I guess apparently not. He destroyed yeah, and, yeah. and God gave gave them 120 years to, to repent. I mean, Noah still, Noah still, preached the word, still taught, still asked them to repent. I mean, they had 120 years and yeah, everybody, everybody has a different family. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I grew up, I grew up in a Christian home, but at the same time, I rededicated my life to Christ, you know, eight years ago. Um, my wife did not grow up in a great home, but she still knew what was good and evil. Right. Yeah. So even though people, and you hear of other people's situations, you know, it's, um, they're born in certain areas, like really tough areas, um, in, yeah. in different, different areas of, of the country. And they said, Hey, I knew I had to get out of there because I knew that wasn't right. So yeah, that's fair. I, I know. I, uh, yeah. How did they know what was right if they lived in that? So that's true. I know. You know what? That's right. Cause I've shared this with you. You know, I, I came up around some quite a bit of violence. And I learned like the things that were done to me and my 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 brothers and sisters, that was not cool. And I would never do that to someone else. I can yeah. see where you're headed on that. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna continue reading unless you have anything you want to take up or talk about here. Um, uh, no, no, you can. Okay. Uh, so we're on leaving the ark. And God spoke unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee, 
Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful, and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. Yeah, so we can learn just in this paragraph, we can learn just, we can learn so much. And Noah waited on the Lord. He didn't just tell his family, hey, we're going to open up the door and hope for the best. Noah trusted the Lord that, hey, even during the storm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you that we're going to be okay. I'm going to trust you that you're going to tell me when it's okay for me to, to get out of this, this ark. And I just know in just life in general, we all go through storms. And that's when we really need to learn and just say, Lord, I know you're there. I know that you're going to help me during the storm. Um, I know that you're going to give me uh, the faith to, uh, to trust you. I know that you're going to increase you know, my, my patience, a lot of this has to do with patience too. Um, one year in the ark, they were in the ark for one year, took about 70 years to 120 years to build the ark. I mean, there's just so much faith and trust and, and God. And so I know, I know for, for my life, it's wow, Lord, I'm in a season of, of being in a storm. I'm in a storm. I don't really know what's going on but I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to look at you. I'm not going to worry about the things around me. I'm going to focus my eyes on you. And, and uh, that's a great thing about the word is that you hear people's testimony. You hear Noah's faith. Um, you hear the challenges that he went through, you know, by being mocked and laughed at, but he just stood firm, <laughs> you know, there's probably moments that he went home and he was probably crying, you know, like, man, how much longer do I need to take a beating? But that's just, that's just life. And that's, that's the beauty about a relationship with, uh, with Christ is we can share our emotions and he's a good father where he would just, you know, stand next to us, sit next to us and hold us and, uh, and tell us that everything is just going to be be okay and that he's going to be right there with us. So, wow. Yeah. I remember working at a psychiatric hospital and I would see somebody, this fella, he was literally having it out with God right in front of me. Like you could see him out in the long, we had a little park next to our building and I was going home that day. And needless to say, I just walked a little bit faster home. But anyways... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not fast, man. Anyways, so I seen him and I I could tell like he was talking to God. He was yelling and cursing and stuff, but like I could you could hear him. It was so loud as I'm approaching, like not approaching him, but approaching and he's like over here a little bit off the path. And then eventually he just starts apologizing. It was just surreal to see like this gruff guy, yep. you know, yep. uh, having it out with God and then um 
and then like apologizing and saying, I'm sorry, I should have said those things and this yeah. and that. It was, it was cool. I, I, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I think, and that's, I think it's, uh, we've all been there. Yeah. It's one of those things is, is we get upset. We just start yelling and maybe we'll, we'll start using language and then eventually it'll hit us like, yeah. oh, this is the king of kings and lord of lords. Let me go back to apologizing and uh and asking him for forgiveness and and uh but what's really fascinating is that i think it's people need to understand that it's okay to be honest with the lord yes we we want to make sure the language that we use is is proper and not vulgar um it's and it's okay just to cry out to him too. Psalms, Psalm, the book of Psalms is beautiful. Um, when I started reading it, it was it was a challenge because David would cry out. King David would cry out a lot, and I was like, "What is he doing? He's always this. He's so emotional." But then I realized we're all emotional people. We are um, deep down. We're we're emotional people, and I. A lot of guys hold that because for some reason in the society, it's saying guys need to be, you know, just need to suck it up and deal with it. And and that's just not right. And so I just want to just tell people it's okay to just be real, be real with the Lord in, in your prayers or just when you talk to him and cry out to him. And, um, and he's going to give you, he's going to give you that strength just to get through whatever you're going through and he's yeah. and he's with you so yeah okay that's good yeah i know it's uh i, I mean i i grew up around that suffer in silence you know just, yeah. just suffer in silence and i was like that for many years but you can only suffer in silence so long especially if you don't have faith and i'm not even talking about faith faith in um you know christianity or faith in religion but even faith in life or faith in you know, it can just really, it can take you down a really, really bad road. And uh, anyways, yeah, suffering in silence, overrated, I think. Yeah, it's just, and it's sad. It's sad because I grew up, you know, uh, my, my thought was just suck it up and deal with it. Suck it up yeah. and deal with it. And then when people would be struggling, my first reaction was like, just suck it up and move on. That's how and I then, was too. Yeah. Yeah. And then my wife, you know, bless her heart. She had to teach me and how to have more compassion for people. She said, mm -hmm. you can't just tell people to suck it up. You need to listen to them and have compassion. And then, um, I know that I've gotten better because she's told me that, I've, that I've gotten better at it. Yeah. Um, and when I'm going through a tough time, I want some, someone to be compassionate with me too. I don't want them to just tell me to just go suck it up. So I'm, I'm curious, this is not quite about Noah's Ark, but how do you, <laughs> I know, uh, I know. Like, whatever, we're going down this road. And how, how do you deal with, so I know like I have had uh, compassion fatigue, you know, especially yeah. like I knew I got to a point where like I knew, I, and I told you about this before, but I knew what uh, compassion looked like on someone's face. So I knew how to fake it. I knew how to pretend it so somebody thought I was compassionate, but I had no feelings. I was really, I didn't really care about them. I was not really feeling any compassion towards this person, mm -hmm. but I knew that I knew how to make my face look compassionate. Anyways, but I was suffering from compassion fatigue. How do you, you know, 
being the way you are, how do you prevent yourself from becoming getting compassion fatigue? Can you? What yeah, you it's take time away. Take time for yourself. Take vacation time. Get away. Get away. I would say um, get away from people so that you're able to actually rest. Okay. And get and get back to it's I think sometimes when people get pa- compassionate fatigued is because you're so mentally and physically drained. Yeah. Okay. And so to get that under control, you got to take time. Um, like for instance, my wife does full-time ministry. She does ministry for three weeks um, out of the month. Wow. And then the last week of the month, she's like, nope, I'm not going to do ministry with people. I'm just going to study. And and uh and renew my mind and and get and and rest and rest so that's what my wife does because if she didn't she would just burn out and then she wouldn't be able to help people Mm -hmm. so what do you do because you don't have like in your situation i don't imagine you have the luxury of taking a complete week off every month so what do you know but I know but I know there's been times where I'm just so mentally drained and it could be with work or just or just life um I will take a day off of work okay and I know some people some people are like oh, I don't I don't have the finances to do that I mean I do get vacation time not everybody does I would just recommend though um when you're in that stage of burnout it, it's not healthy for you and it's not healthy for people around you so we need to take that time to uh to rest okay thanks john appreciate that um so i have some questions actually about noah and leaving the ark and i would like to ask imagine you stepped out of the ark what do you think it looked like around you like when you first you're noah you you know you're stepping off the ark what do you think it's looking like for you right now around you? I, I think it would just be full on, full on, look, full on destruction, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're not thinking like, yeah, no life, just dry sand and dirt and rocks. I think it was muddy. Muddy. I okay. don't think it was dry yet. Okay. Fair. Well, they wouldn't, I, I, cause doesn't it say somewhere like God wouldn't let them come out of the ark until it was dry enough because he knew that they would probably perish in the oh yeah yeah good point so, yeah so like okay but by getting what you're saying it's gonna be rough. no but that's a good point so maybe at the last uh maybe the last week it was crazy sunny to drive everything up yeah. or another wind came through you know the wind that stopped the rain maybe another wind came out where um, everything was dried up because that is true. That's a ver- that's a really good point, and um, because yeah, they let all the animals out get... and they all got stuck. Oh, like well, that and like how did they again? How did they keep the animals from killing each other? How how do you build like like I get I know I I pretty much kind of put it down in my head. I was thinking to myself like everything would be like destroyed or rotten or whatever right like how would you build a hut and i'm like wait a second they literally have a football stadium sized boat start hauling pieces off of it and 
you've got lots of wood there so yeah i suppose um yeah and do you think like do you think that so like technically speaking noah is literally in a worse situation than adam and eve when they like so do you think god had to help like step in kind of like he did with adam and eve and help noah and his family i i believe that uh god gave them the knowledge to start over okay so so i thinking like it was probably a little harder it was yeah it was definitely harder for noah than it was adam and eve i think yeah yeah wow i mean and like just to yes that would be crazy um there was you know how it is after floods i mean we see floods going on now and it wasn't it's yeah. not even compared to this flood and you just see all, all the all the destruction um so yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it, i have a feeling he was excited though too for a new start okay just getting out mo- moving around you know even though that that arc was massive you know the size of uh what was it one and a half of football one, field or? one and a half football field long apparently yeah five, five stories high right and uh about the size of a boeing i forget what which which boeing it was but big about the width of the wingtips so yeah. that's a big it's a big boat it's it's a yeah monster. yeah i um, i just to me just being in that cocoon for a year and then getting out of it yeah there would have been some excitement there was probably also a what oh, now what okay but i know the i know god gave them the knowledge to be like okay we're done this is a new start god's giving us you know god's giving us a new start let's uh let's get let's get ready for the uh, adventure I, I i'm sure it probably went something like this you know what quit your belly aching Suffer in silence. Get to work. <laughs> Anyways, I, that's what I would have. That's what I'm thinking, especially yeah. back then. <laughs> especially back then. Okay, so as I was reading, I kind of got curious, and it kind of just kind of like you know, I was thinking about it in my head. I'm like, so we're told in the Bible we have freedom of choice, right? We, but when we make the wrong choices by biblical standards, right? That were basically given to us. We're we're punished pretty severely. So I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, we don't really have freedom of choice because we're being told like you have freedom of choice, but if you do something that goes against whoever, you know, God's will, God's, you know, then he punishes you, which eventually you're going to get punished, right? Um, if you don't ask for forgiveness and all that. And I just feel like it's not really a choice. Like, in my mind, it doesn't feel like much of a choice. I mean, yeah, you're choosing to, to not follow his instructions, but, like, it does just feels like, it just doesn't feel like a choice to me. It feels like do this or else is what sometimes I, I feel when I read some of the stuff so far in genesis um that's kind of like kind of what i'm getting when i read this sometimes it just kind of 
it feels like okay i have a choice but i don't really have a choice i don't know what do you i think? mean sin sin is just sin is destruction as it is sin sin brings curses sin brings um separation from god mm -hmm. um Here's an analogy, and and some people might like this, some people might not. Let's just take, let, let's just say that you had a son, right? Yeah. And you were walking on a on a bridge, and you told him, "Hey, you can ride your bike across this bridge, you know, as often as you want, but if you jump off this bridge, you're gonna get hurt." Yeah. So your son decides to jump off the off the bridge. Yeah. So then, is it okay if he blames you for getting hurt, even though you warned him of the consequences? No, no, it's not. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's it's sin. God even says, God even from the beginning told Adam and Eve, hey, if you eat from this, you're going to surely die. Mm -hmm. He warned them. It's not like God just threw something out there. It's not like God just throw something out there and then expects us to to uh to make a mistake god warns us he he tells us everything in the word of god if you do this there's consequences it's called sin this is what's going to happen when when you sin hey the good news is repentance ask the lord for repentance you know humble yourselves so there's it is free will we have we have a decision god's trying to protect us from the truth the truth of the matter is god's trying to protect us from the devil that wants to steal kill and destroy us and some some people for some reason decide that they want to live their lives in destruction well, and they don't want to do anything to 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 live a holy life. So there is definitely consequences for sin, but God warns us about it. And so we can make make the decision of hey, you know, living a a righteous life or just living a life of uh, of the world. Mm -hmm. I I have another it's in I don't know, just it just I feel like God sometimes is it God? I guess it's the question is, I should ask myself. Is God, you know, doing the same thing over and over and then expecting something to change? Or is it us? I mean, I guess that would be the, the actual real thing. Like, I just feel like, so like, I know like I'm looking at the Eden. And so he gives us free will, free choice. Eden, so Eden goes past. We become evil creatures. It comes out. He's like, okay, so we're going to wash it out again. But it's like, look at Noah's kids. Look at Noah's family, right? They Obviously, there was still evil in there amongst them. They weren't all perfect, right? Because like, yeah. it just feels like, but could he have changed us? Like, when they, like, obviously he, he didn't, but he, he could have changed us. Because really what we're doing, like, what when I see it, it's like he's doing the same thing over and over again, right? Like, he's... He just did he just did what like literally what just happened with eden like so like and it leads to the flood and then he's just starting it all over again it's like wouldn't you want to change us wouldn't you want to 
again, take that away. So, so that way they have a better, like he's talking about a fresh start. Would he's talking want... about a fresh start, but people don't want to change. He's not going to force himself on people. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do that. He's, he's a loving father. He's not going to force himself to, if you want nothing to do with him, then he's going to be like, okay, you, you, you made a decision, but I'm going to still be knocking on, on the door. I'm still going to be, you know, coming after you um, until the end. Right. So um, that's, that's the, that's a, that's our flawed nature. Our flawed nature is we want to have control of everything. We want to do whatever we feel like it. And, uh, and just, we just want to live, live a sinful nature, you know? So what, why, why do I need God? I, I have everything. I don't need him. So that's, that's the belief of, uh, of the majority of people on, on, on this planet. Um, but God, God still gives uh, people chances, you know, to, to repent. And then there's those that will never repent and that just wants to live, live their lives in, uh, in a sinful nature. So he's giving people the choice. That's where it comes down to. He's giving people the choice. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to start over. I'm going to start with Noah and his family. You know, let's, let's start, let's start over. He starts with that. And then, yeah, then there's a lot that followed him. And then there's a lot, a lot of them as, as, we read on it just goes you know, south again yeah people go south but there's still so much good that comes out of it because there's a lot of people that still want to have a relationship with him and okay. here's what's fascinating god did everything everything to to save people he even sent his son jesus to die for us to take the wrath of sin to take to take death, you know, from us. So he sends only son to take the worst punishment so that we can have eternity with him. So God did everything. Now it comes down to if we want to have a relationship with him or not. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's going to be some that, that want to have a relationship with them. And then there's going to be others that just, Hey, this isn't for me and I don't want anything to do with them. So, yeah. Have you ever had a situation like that in your life or like, have you ever had a, a moment or something happen where you're like, I'm just, I want nothing to do with God at all. Has that ever happened to you? I know it's happened to me. Um, yeah. Um, but- I know it's like, like for me, I grew up in a Christian home, but I never know, knew who Christ truly was. I, there's this mentality and I don't know why people teach it. Cause it's so wrong. They, they teach God as he's legalistic and just up there, you know, on his throne, just laughing at people and condemning people and just wants no. yeah. the worst for people. And that's, that's not who he, who he was. So about eight years ago, I had this gentleman from India, you know, he was visiting the U S praying for me. And, uh, and he looks at me and, and he grabs onto me and he says, Jesus loves you. And right there, mm-hmm. that was, that was the day that I'm like, this is a true Jesus. This is, this is a savior that I want to serve. Um, this is the King that I want to serve. So it just changed. And that's what I pray. I pray and say, Lord, the experience that I have, 
that I had where I, I truly knew who you were and not what people are saying you are. I pray that for other people. You know, I pray that for my family too. Um, that I want them to see you on how I saw you because it was so supernatural. Oh, it was so supernatural. Wow. And so, okay. yeah, and I and, and I didn't grow up with that. Even though I grew up in a great home, I... But what, what turned you away? Like, was it just it being forced down your throat as a child? Or, like, what was it that turned you away? Like, we know what got you back, but, like, what yeah. turned you away from... Him. I, I just know, I wanna I wanted to live a selfish life. I wanted to live a worldly okay. life. Yeah, I would say that's like, a, yeah. yeah, selfish. Yeah, I would say it was the same for me. I was just a selfish human being and yeah. I only cared about my needs. And I still work on that. But anyway, oh, so. yeah, for sure. And <laughs> yeah. I think we and I think we all do. Yeah. Um but what what's one of the biggest things that I do love about you, Oliver, is that you're like, hey, I got flaws. Here's my flaws. I know I need to work on them. A lot of people, there's a lot of people out there like, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people out there that would say I'm perfect. But uh, no, guys, I'm not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's a good start. Like, hey, I, even though I'm a follower of Christ, yeah. I'm not even close to perfect. Yeah. Even enough. close. Thank you, Jesus, that, hey, you're, you're the way, you know, uh, to salvation. So... Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, there was that time where I was like, you know what? I want to live that wor worldly life. And it was really interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll share this. I was working at a, at a bank and I was very successful at yeah. a bank and, uh, I was getting promoted right after the other promotion, promotion, promotion. And I was on my way to get promoted again. And, um, I just want to live that. I, I want to be wealthy. I wanted just, just to live a worldly life. And, um, at, at the time I, at the time I was married and, uh, out of the blue, I get this vision. Um, and it was, it was from the Lord. He showed me, he said, if you stay where you're at, all you're going to see is destruction. Wow. You're going to be, you're going to move, you're going to move out of the state. And you're going to be lonely and you're, and you're not going to have anybody, but you will have wealth. And he, and he said, if you leave, then this is what's going to happen. And it was basically, I'm going to have a family. Yeah. You know? And right there, right there, it hit me. And I'm like, I'm finding another job. I I think you probably made the right decision. I, have I made a Exactly. I made the right. I, I got the best wife in the world, you know, that's very supportive and, and uh, continues to pray and encourage me on a daily basis. And so that's, that's life. People have a decision. I could have made the decision. You know what, Lord, I think I'm going to live that worldly life. And he would have been like, okay, you, you mm -hmm. there, I showed you that path. You decided to take that path. So everybody has a decision on, on what path that that they want to live. Is it going to be a path of destruction or is it going to be a path of, um, I believe, a relationship with Christ? So, Okay. Noah's sacrifice and God's promise. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast 
and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. So he's never going to hit us with a flood ever again. Correct. A but flood. Even, we do see floods, but, but it's never going to be like this. Like a world, uh, apparently like a worldwide magnitude or a continent magnitude, whatever. Correct. Know. Right. Correct. So um, Oliver, you yeah. do not need to build an ark. Okay. No, I, I don't want to get a call. I don't want to get a call from your wife, you know, calling my wife and say, for some reason, my husband's in the back, building. cutting all the trees down. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make one out of toothpicks or something. I don't know. Jeez, that's what I'd be like. I'd be like, oh, look at this arc I'm working on. <laughs> I don't know. I am no carpenter, man. So I'd be, uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> but um, so, what animals do you think they were sacrificing? Like lambs, sheep, stuff like that. Yeah, the clean ones. The clean ones okay and then we know but here's that, what's in, okay here's what's interesting here's what's interesting sure. is that he only had so many animals you're right yeah yeah and he's like, a sacrifice it so, just shows i mean it just shows his heart you know he's giving glory to god you know so he basically made one of these sets of animals go extinct <laughs> you know, i thought of that too i was like okay um Wow! So what? A, I'm I'm, so, I'm gonna say it, but jerk! Like seriously! Come so on. yeah, he must have he must have killed the dinosaurs off. You know what yeah, I mean? No, the last yeah, the last T-Rex. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, wow, that's uh, yeah, yeah. Some poor ant set of animals just went extinct. Lovely. No. Thanks, Noah. Thanks, thanks a lot. And and then you got Adam, and Adam's probably just like. Damn it, I really liked that one. I gave that a really good name and Noah went and destroyed it. Son of a gun. But it is interesting that they, you know, they, they sacrifice these animals and then as we know, eventually they're gonna stop sacrificing because Jesus is gonna come. He's gonna, I believe, die on the cross for our sins, and that puts an end to sacri sacrifice. Correct. He's the last, he's the perfect lamb that died for us. Yeah. yeah. And I am so uneducated, and I don't want to, I'm not meaning to uh, be rude or uh, offend anybody, but like in the Catholic faith, faith they, they eat the body of Christ, they, eat, they drink the blood of blood of Christ. Is it the one? Yeah. Communion. That's, yeah. That, so that's, that's not considered sacrifice. That is just like something else. I just don't know. That's a remembrance, like. remembering, remembering that remembering. Yeah, he died for us. Right, he took that beating, and then uh, he he was crucified. So it's a is a remembrance. And what's really cool is that in the New Testament and the Gospels, Jesus actually had communion with his disciples before um, he was uh, judged and put on the on the cross. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's where we get communion from is by Jesus Himself. Okay. 
Fair enough. Now, said uh, here, imagine a man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither so he's already going on about man's heart is evil as soon as he's born. He's evil, boy. <laughs> sinful nature, the sinful nature. Yeah, we all have a sinful nature. So, um, but that's why Christ came, right? Christ yeah. came to uh, to take that punishment for us. So that's the, that's the beauty about salvation is that he's he's the one. He was perfect. He was a perfect lamb, and and he took that that sacrifice for us so that we wouldn't have to go through that punishment. Okay. And then there's the last little bit there, verses 22, and it says, While the earth remaineth seed time, and harvest, and cold, and heat, and summer, and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Is there a meaning behind this verse? Like, what is the the point of it? Like, I, I don't Yeah, I think some people's translation would be uh, the seasons, talking about the seasons. Okay. So, but I, and what was really interesting about that, someone was mentioning about seasons, but then I would hope, I would have to go back to Genesis 1 and 2 and see if there was actually, um, if someone actually mentioned seasons in here. But I think this is just to reiterate um, more about the seasons. Okay. And yeah, here's what's interesting, and here's what's interesting. Those before the flood were living for, 900 plus years after the flood there was no no more right. of that well that was an interesting question too because they were talking somewhere along in this it brought up 600 years oh yeah it says and it came to pass in the 600th and first year in the first month of the first day of the month the waters were dried up but like no okay so okay that's fine but like didn't adam live for 900 and some odd years so yeah. would he have not been there for the flood? No. How is that? Because it's we're talking six hundred years in. Adam should still technically be alive. Yeah, but that but Noah was way after Adam. Looking at the genealogy, Noah was way after Adam. Okay, but they never they didn't. So time, nobody was doing calendars or nobody was doing keeping track of that stuff until quite a while after uh and then 600 years passes yeah i i, I think the way that they they uh figured out time was where it says um we're talked about each day mm -hmm. you know like let me look at here real quick and um in the beginning in, in genesis 1 it talks about uh, let's see here. Yeah, and it talked about so the evening and the morning were the first day. So it talks about so that so according to Noah and everybody else that didn't have a calendar that we have today and time that we have right now, whenever it was evening and then day, they're like, okay, that's day one. And then it happened again, that's day two, and so on and so forth. And somehow they decided maybe to mark it. Okay. You know? um come up with their own uh a, a, of way of writing um to figure out hey i've been around for this much time and then they would just jot everything down so okay okay fair enough all right that was 
That was chapter. That was chapter eight. That's awesome. Yeah. Guys, chapter eight, very exciting. Noah and his family, the door opens. God opens it. God says, hey, hey Noah, it's time. He's probably just thankful. And uh, he's actually thankful because he did uh, um, have an altar and, and did sacrifice some animals to uh, to give the God glory and, and, and worship. So... Exciting time for him just to start a new season and his family. And so the more we read, the more we see what, uh, what Noah's family learn, decides man. to do. And the more we learn, exactly. So let me close us, uh, uh, us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the dis this discussion. And Lord, we just pray for those that uh, watch this, that you bless them supernaturally, Lord, and that they learn from this as well. And Lord... If anybody has comments, um, we just pray that they uh, they feel free to just uh, jot things down and give us the wisdom to answer them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.